It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, every day, every day. All right, I'm Chris Russell. This is another episode of the Locked On, for now, Redskins, but I don't know what else to call them, podcast. The name is officially going to change, as everybody now knows. As we mentioned on the last episode, it would. What we found out on Monday, in addition to all of the other wreckage and carnage of around this franchise, a complete dumpster fire, if we're being totally honest with you, What we found out on Monday is that officially the nickname and the logo will be retired, as it should have been, as it we've been saying all along, you could not in any way, shape, or form keep the name and the logo and directly tie it to Native Americans and those that were offended. So that's the news of the day. We still don't have an exact timeline. It will be sooner than later. Uh, I'm guessing, strong hunch. Before training camp, they're going to rush through this and get it done so that they don't have to continue to uh, have corporate sponsors threaten them so that they can get new merchandise out on the market and so that their players and the head coach do not have to answer questions about it for more than a couple of days, if not more than a day. The other big news, as we record this, just reported Tuesday morning, Skins wide receiver Kelvin Harmon has torn his ACL and he'll miss, it's believed, the entire season. Ian Rappaport, first to report it, been confirmed elsewhere. Um, Kelvin Kelvin Harmon um, posted a picture of him inside uh, and and on a hospital bed, quite honestly, Uh, and it, you know, he has a mask and he has a huge brace on his right leg. And it says, God got me on his official uh, Twitter. So I have heard 
the just the the bad news continue you know nobody will tell me exactly what it is if I'm being totally transparent but I've heard all along um over the last couple of days that there's more and more and more and more bad news coming and this is another round of it uh, and I believe by the time uh, this episode publishes there will be uh, an expose of some sort of disgruntled current and former employees in the Washington Post um, there are a lot of people that are still very unhappy with the way the organization has treated them in the past uh, and currently. That's all I'll say. Ron Rivera is trying to clean it up. Uh, I know he's working hard. I know he's trying to take out the trash, and there's still some of it left. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if beyond Richard Mann II, not that he was, and Alex Santos, I'm not saying that, it, but I do believe those are two separate incidents or maybe collateral damage on Richard's end, I do believe that there are other people that will be cleaned out of that building this week. That's what I'll say. Um, I do believe that. I don't know that for sure. Timing is kind of one of those things. It's kind of weird. But the bottom line is, that's what I've been led to believe. And I think the bad news just continues to come and come and come and never stops. One last thing before we get to our NFC East Ultimate Division crossover with Patricia Trena of Locked on Giants and as well Marcus Mosier of Locked on Cowboys and Gino Camilleri of Locked on Eagles. And today we're actually talking all about the Redskins and you'll actually hear a part where we talked about the wide receiver group in terms of Kelvin Harmon and his role. Well, now we find out that Kelvin Harmon uh, again tore his ACL. Don't know if it's a full tear or partial tear, but it's probably a full tear. Um, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports is reporting that when it comes to the Red Wolves trademark fight, which has been talked about and reported, um, Arkansas State, uh, and um, there's another university that are kind of battling for it. Uh, He's reporting that he spoke to one of the parties involved, uh, and they have not heard from the NFL, Dan Snyder, or anybody else in the Washington franchise. So that's where that is at this moment. Uh, it is looking more and more and more like it will be Warriors. That is currently still tied up. Uh, the bottom line is there's just an absolute mess, an absolute mess to deal with. Uh, and, you know, again, if everybody thought it was all going to go away when they hired Ron Rivera, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Tried to warn you. Tried to tell you. Um, I mean, I think Ron will clean up a lot of it. I just don't know if he's going to get all of it uh, because that building is just has always been and always probably will be uh, a cyclone of disaster. All right. The ultimate NFC East crossover edition coming up next with my roundtable partners around the NFC East. We'll concentrate on the Redskins or whatever they're called offense and defense next.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome everybody to the Ultimate NFC East crossover program. My name is Patricia Trainer, and I am the host of Locked On Giants. And I am joined by my colleagues of the NFC East. We have Marcus Mosier of Locked On Dallas, Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles, and Chris Russell of Locked On, the team to be named later. Hmm. So <laughs> locked on Redskins currently, but uh, that name obviously is no longer, uh, it's been retired. So welcome gentlemen yeah. and uh, <laughs> hope everybody's doing well. Thank you, Patricia. I'm, uh, you know, I, I've probably slept about 11 hours since the end of last football season. Uh, hmm. I'm sure you guys have slept a little bit more than me. Hope everybody's having uh, as good of a summer as you possibly can. Absolutely. And today what we're going to do is we are going to put Chris on the hot spot, hot seat. We're going to have uh, we, we all have questions, Chris, that we want to know about the uh, oh. the team uh, formerly known as. Uh, well, I won't say the name here, but the Washington yeah. Football Club, we'll call it that until they yes. have a new name. So um, I'll kick it off if I could. Uh, Chris, just give us an overview of what this whole process has been with the name change and, you know, the rumors for weeks, now it finally has come to fruition. Um, training camp is supposed to start next week and, you know, they don't have an identity. How do you think yep. that's going to affect this, this team? Well, I, I do think it's likely that they will have a name identity uh, by the time training camp is scheduled to begin on July 28th. Uh, and that is the understanding of the organization right now that while it can be pushed back, uh, it is still all systems go, at least right now, planned for July 28th. So that, you know, is roughly two weeks away. And I, I think today, uh, I think Monday's announcement, you know, which officially confirmed what we all knew right from the get-go, that they were going to change the name. We weren't sure exactly about the logo, uh, but that they're going to do both, uh, is an important step, but it's clearly not the final step. And I would expect, again, uh, I don't know for sure because it is a very difficult process with trademark uh, protection, registration, copyrights. I would expect that they are going to have a new name in the next two weeks and before they go to camp because I know one thing. I don't know a lot of things, but I know one thing. Ron Rivera did not sign up to be the head coach, president, general manager, assistant general manager, executive vice president, and a complete voice of the franchise to take every bullet that can possibly be thrown at him uh, by everyone in the media nationally and locally about what the name is going to be and why they made the decision. And that's not just going, they're just not going to allow that in my opinion. Uh, and based on other people's opinion, not only for Ron Rivera, but for the players. So that's the biggest thing right now is getting this done in time so that they don't have to answer you know, a, a million questions every day. And finally, hopefully, they can just concentrate on football. Hey, Chris, it's Marcus Mosier here from hey, Locked On Cowboys. Um, I'm going to ask you an actual football question. I'm sure that we, uh, we probably haven't talked about that in a long time. No, I uh, love football, Marcus. I, <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate the name game. I love football. 
Um, all right, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Um, I, I want to talk about Washington's offensive line because uh, it's fascinating to me. Gone is Trent Williams, who you, you guys obviously traded away uh, this offseason. I'm curious about the left tackle spot. Um, yeah. Washington drafted Shadiq Charles in this year's draft. Uh, Cornelius Lucas is somebody that you brought in from Chicago. What is the status of, of the offensive line, especially that left tackle spot going into the 2020 season? Well, sure. We'll start there. And one name you didn't bring up, uh, and it's for good reason, because he struggled in his first two years and really, really, really needs to wake up and find his way as Jaron Christian, uh, the former third-round pick out of Louisville a couple of years ago. He's been a disappointment so far, um, you know, as he kind of learns his his craft and tries to get stronger and tries to get a better anchor and all that good stuff. Uh, you mentioned Cornelius Lucas. Certainly he is a you know, veteran cheap signing, two-year deal, not a lot of money. He's mostly a right tackle, though. That's what he's mm. mostly played since 2014. Very, very, very limited snaps. I would say that, you know, if you're going to the betting window, I would I would think and say that, you know, by, I don't know, four, five, six weeks into the season, my guess would be that Sadiq Charles is their left tackle. You mentioned the fourth-round pick out of LSU – you know, all sorts of athleticism, just a, you know, just a, an absolute maniac when it comes to getting out in space and, um, and just using his quick feet and all that good stuff uh, to and his athleticism to work that left tackle position. And that's just my guess, as long as he watches his P's and Q's, because we all know that, you know, mm. he ran a foul with Ed Orgeron uh, in LSU. So assuming that that happened, that's what I see four, five, six weeks into the season. Uh, that's to be Charles is the left tackle. Uh, again, that's partially because Christian hasn't developed yet, unless he has a sudden surge. And again, Cornelius Lucas is more right tackle uh, than a left tackle. And quite honestly, they, they might need help at that right tackle position, too, because you know, Morgan Moses under a big contract, you know, he, he, he plays a lot. He just gets hurt and banged up a lot. And he's at times very ineffective. And then if you, you know, if you just look at the whole situation, you know, teams obviously need to protect the left and right side. I mean, it's no longer a just protect the blind side of your quarterback type of league. And Dwayne Haskins has had trouble getting rid of the football at times and anticipating throws. So it is of utmost importance uh, that they protect better on the edge, which, you know, is a huge question mark. I, I get at both tackle positions in my eyes. Hey, Chris, it's Gino Camilleri from the Locked On Eagles podcast here. One, hey, one position group that I look at on Washington that absolutely, I would say, fascinates me is the running back room right now. And yeah. I think it's just fitting that we continue on talking about, we were just talking about offensive line. What do you think is going to happen back there? Because to me, I was, I, I know Marcus was as well, a huge Antonio Gibson fan coming mm -hmm. out of Memphis. I could absolutely see him being a guy that they love in that offense. He can really do a bit of everything at wide receiver and back. You have Adrian Peterson, a Darius Geis who went healthy, should live up to his hype. And then you have Bryce Love and Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick and just this collection of all these guys that could be fourth running backs. What do you really see going on with this room? Because to me, it is, it's an absolute spectacle of names that are back there right now. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I mean, and it's a good breakdown too. And I'm with you guys, both, both you and Marcus on, on, in terms of Antonio Gibson and what he can potentially mm -hmm. bring. I think he'll be limited 
to some degree in, say, his rookie year as a natural running back, meaning, you know, they're not going to line him up behind Dwayne Haskins, you know, out of whatever formation and have him carry 15, 18, 17 Mm -hmm. times. That's not going to happen because he's very raw in that area. But we all know he's got size, speed. I asked him right after he was drafted, I said, hey, the thing that jumped out to me, you know, on tape is you don't go down. People can have a hard time tackling. He goes, look, if they try and tackle me by my legs, uh, or I should say by my upper body, by my shoulders, uh, I'm, I'm going to rip right through it. You mm-hmm. know, so, um, so that's one thing on him. I think he's going to be absolutely used. I think he'll be a versatile switchblade type of weapon, you know, lined up in the slot, lined up outside, lined up in multiple uh, running back sets with either Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, or you mentioned the, the other assortment of riches, which sounds weird, right? For a bad Redskins offense, they kind of have an assortment of riches uh, at the running back position. You mentioned Peterson. I mean, look, he's 35 years old, but he's a future Hall of Famer. Darius Geis is the X factor. If Darius mm-hmm. Geis can stay on the field for more than three games, guys, that's your bell cow. That's your number one running back. That's their most explosive weapon. Uh, the problem is he hasn't been able to in two weeks. And then you mentioned McKissick. I'm really intrigued based on what I've seen on tape, how Seattle and Detroit used him. Again, versatile guys, some speed, some, some sneaky speed. You can use him a lot of different ways. And I'm really interested to see how much better they are on third down, which they have struggled miserably on third down and in the red zone with McKissick a part of this team, as opposed to Chris Thompson, who, while explosive at times, just wasn't able to stay healthy and stay on the field. And I think that's going to be a big upgrade for the, uh, for the Washington NFL offense. You're listening to the ultimate NFC East crossover show. We are putting Chris Russell of Locked on Redskins on the hot seat. We're going to take our break. And when we come back, folks, we're going to have another round of questions for Chris. So do stay with us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ultimate NFC East podcast. My name is Patricia Tran, and I'm joined by Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys, Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles, and on the hot seat, we have Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins. It is all about the Washington Football Club on today's show. We hope you are enjoying the uh, Ultimate NFC East crossover show. And uh, Chris, I want to swing over and ask you about the defense. Now, to me, the way I see it, the Washington defensive front is just loaded. It is absolutely stacked. I think you have something like four or five first round picks, but the back end of that defense is a little, I think, shaky um, when you look at it. I'm just wondering, how do you see the two kind of balancing each other out and helping each other out? Well, you know, Patricia, I mean, you'll remember this, and Gino will remember this too, and Marcus, you you studied the entire league, so I know you'll remember this as well. I don't mean mm-hmm. to exclude anybody, but, you know, I keep going back to how the Giants last won their Super Bowl. Yeah, sure, some great catches, Eli Manning, all that, but that NASCAR package where they rotated in mm-hmm. six, seven guys and kept them fresh and kicked defensive ends in the 4-3 inside and protected a somewhat suspect secondary in corners, 
uh, way back when in, what, 2011, 2012, and how the Eagles kept their pass rushers fresh when they won, uh, you know, the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. Again, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight guys. That's what I see out of the Washington defense in the defensive line. You know, they were already strong there with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis, although those guys wore down as the season went along. Then you now throw in second-year um, Montez Sweat, a four, you know, a first-round pick who's now, you know, who started to come on late last year. Ryan Kerrigan off of his worst year and off of his first time with injuries and going into the final year of his contract, but he kicks down to a 4-3 end, and I think they can use him inside and closer shaded to the football more than he's ever been used in this formation because of the talent and the riches they have. And oh, by the way, did I mention they have Chase Young, the number two overall pick? (laughs) You know, and look, I I mean, what else can you say about the kid? He hasn't played a single down, but I I mean, I'd be stunned if he isn't really good at the start and probably a perennial Pro Bowl, maybe all pro and the Reds, uh, the Washington team has not had enough of those. I can tell you that much. Um, I'll just give you a quick aside. Scott McLuhan, the former Washington, Seattle, and San Francisco general manager, uh, told me right before the draft that he his comparison. You know, you hear Julius Peppers, you hear you know all sorts of uh, was Reggie White, and what he meant by that was you know. Look, he's got a long way to go to prove that, but in terms of body type and what he can fill out to, about 275 and still having speed and athleticism, but more that he can be a 4-3 base end and he can play every single down and you don't have to just hide him as a third down nickel pass rusher or a second and long pass rusher. So to me, if he's everything that everyone, including the experts and the scouts and the people that do this for a living tell me he is, and everything my eyes see, I mean, I think it's going to be a game changer and that's how they're going to cover up a suspect secondary with better pass rush more depth and more fresh legs which they have not had especially in the second half of games and the second half of seasons in recent years hey chris i want to jump back to the offensive side of the ball for a second um i want to talk about the receivers that's a position that uh that obviously i care a lot about um terry mclaurin was fantastic last year for washington uh, but the hunt for the number two receiver kind of is on in Washington. Um, I don't think Steven Sims is somebody who got enough credit last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that he had a big, you know, last four games of the season catching a touchdown. Yep. Or you know, I think four touchdowns over the last four games of the year. Uh, talk to me, us a little bit about the receiving core after Terry McLaurin. Who's expected to start opposite him? Who's going to play in a slot? And how you expect that uh, wide receiver unit to be this year? Yeah, I, I think the slot is absolutely going to be Sims. I don't think that's really much in question, barring an injury uh, or a dramatic drop-off. So I, I think I feel pretty comfortable there. I don't know the other corresponding position to Terry McLaren at this point because it could be, you know, last year's sixth-round pick, Kelvin Harmon, who, again, came on in the second half of the season last year and really steadily improved and is a big body and can make some tough catches. Um, you know, but isn't the most fast and explosive and twitchy guy. Or it could be the rookie fourth-round pick out of Liberty, Antonio Gandy-Golden, who I think is a better version of Kelvin Harmon. Um, Or I guess it could be former Giant Cody Latimer, uh, but he's got a little bit of a, uh, well, he's got a little bit of a legal hot water type situation. So I'm not counting on him, but he's clearly 
the he's clearly the veteran receiver that they were looking for. Remember, this is an organization, guys, that tried to spend a boatload of money on Amari Cooper, and I thought that would have been too over aggressive if if we're being honest. Um, you know, but but right now they do have that question mark, as we just said, and there's other guys that could factor in, I I suppose, to the mix if they have a really good camper preseason or whatever we're going to be doing here. But I would think I would think it's probably going to be Harmon week one along with Sims and McLaren with Gandy Golden right on their tail. Any any hope for Trey Quinn? I uh I don't see I I don't see a lot of great uh, hope there. Maybe if if he has a great camp and he he can stay healthy which he has not been able to do in his first two years in the NFL and then if he can really pop as a punt returner, because that's, I think, his his best shot and probably his only shot, uh, the former Mr. Irrelevant, of staying on this team, quite honestly. Um, I I mean, I don't mean to cut anybody out. Of course, injuries and and weird things can happen, uh, but I, I would say he's definitely behind the eight ball, which probably isn't surprising that a guy who was the last pick in the draft two years ago is, is on the fringe for a roster spot. Hey, Chris, I'm going to switch it back to the defense here. And I, I could not not ask you this question about what is going on in the secondary, because I know what's going to happen at two of the cornerback spots, but I want to know who's going to be on the outside on the other side, because I, I'm pretty sure that Kendall Fuller should supplant himself again as a starter. Jimmy Moreland, to me, is he was one of my favorites in that class, really excelled at the Shrine Bowl and then in the, the um the senior bowl as well when they called him up but to me how terrified are you of seeing Deshaun Jackson come back to FedEx field and run a double move on Ronald Darby on the other side of the ball I'm I'm serious I would love to see Fabian Moreau on the other side I think he has he has a little more pep in his step but to me it's just a conundrum what you guys are going to do there and I'm really interested to hear what you have to say so it's a great question. I mean, you know, like I'll just start with this. First of all, Fabian was terrible inside in the slot last year mm-hmm. uh, and really improved. I don't want to say he was great, but he really improved as they benched Josh Norman as as they finally, finally made the decision <laughs> to do that, which they should have done two years ago. Um, but as, as Fabian played on the outside, I think he got a lot better. Jimmy Moreland, you're right, had a, you know, I would say – an inconsistent rookie year, but certainly mm-hmm. flashed. I know Landon Collins thinks he's going to be a breakout star and then some. I don't know if I would go there, but I think Jimmy has definitely potential, and I think they like him a little bit better on the outside as opposed to the inside as well. Um, and then Darby, you know, what I can't figure out about Darby is has he completely, you know, has he completely lost a step? Or because of all the injuries, or was last year just that recovery year, and he was always right there in the neighborhood, right there, but couldn't quite close or couldn't quite make the play against more explosive, taller, bigger, faster receivers. So I'm going to probably lean towards, you know what, he's going to have to show me he's back before I believe he's back, but I think there's at least the potential, potential that Ronald Darby could have used last year as kind of, again, a recovery rehab year and then maybe takes a step closer to what he was in Buffalo uh, or maybe early on in Philadelphia uh, here. And, 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 you know, 
guys, look, clearly it's the weakness of their defense. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Kendall Fuller, you know, of course he can play outside. He can play inside. He can play free shift. He can do everything. But the plan there is for him to start inside the slot and to have him, you know, I, I mean, to have him be a roving type guy, but that's the plan to have him uh, inside primarily. And I, I do think that's a huge upgrade from, again, what the Redskins were dealing with last year in that particular area. Uh, and I also think they got a big upgrade at free safety if Sean Davis is healthy because his arrow was on the way up in Pittsburgh two years ago before a shoulder injury last year. And he is an enormous upgrade, in my opinion, uh, over Monte Nicholson, who found himself in TMZ more than he did in the, in, in the box score, you know? So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, the Red, the Washington secondary is better than it was last year, but I would still identify it um, you know, as, as definitely suspect and you want to call it a weakness, you know, I, I, I think that's more than fair. All right, folks, you have been listening to the ultimate NFC East crossover show with Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys, Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles, myself, Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants, and Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins. And that's going to do it for this edition of the ultimate NFC East crossover show tomorrow I go on the hot seat with the questions uh, for the Giants. So look forward to bringing that to you for Marcus, Gino, and Chris. This is Patricia Trena. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, and that is going to do it for the Ultimate Division crossover, at least on this particular edition, coming up throughout the week and the rest of the week. We will take a look at the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles in roundtable fashion right here on the Ultimate Division crossover. And again, continue to provide you the nonstop breaking news about the Redskins who have simply just dominated for all the wrong reasons every single headline for the last month that there possibly could be in the NFL. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.